Fail Films 101 is not an actual college course and cannot be taken for college credit. It is not affiliated with any university, community college, junior college, vocational training program, or for-profit corporation masquerading as a school of any kind. Professor Jay has no formal training as an educator and, in fact, went to a Missouri State College for about two semesters, ran out of money, and dropped out as a result. And now that I've covered my own ass legally, let's get on with Fail Films 101. Hey y'all, it's Professor J. Welcome to part two of Max Magician and the Legend of the Rings. When we last left our hero, he had just escaped a raid at a big fancy dinner party that he was at basically in the middle of the woods. So picking up right where we left off with my buddy John. Enjoy. And let's see. Max, he takes Krimble home because why the fuck not? Yeah, yeah. Let's just take this mouse, this talking mouse home. And Max is like, now don't talk. Let me handle all the talking. We'll figure this out. And Max makes it home. His mom's like, where were you? As any mom would be if their child made it home super late. And he made up some bullshit about how he was at like a friend's house and he ate dinner there and blah, blah, blah. And the mom's like, well, that's fine. Just let me know next time. I'm glad you made a friend though. He buys it completely. Um mm-hmm. Even assumed, though he's the world's worst liar. He, she just should have assumed he was in Blue Ball. She just should have assumed what? She should have assumed he was in Blue Ball's forest doing cocaine or something. Because, like, the kid was obviously up to something. Yeah. And he was a, uh... He was a great liar throughout the whole thing, let me tell ya. Got it. But anyway. So, he's like, I'm gonna go upstairs and start my homework. And then he gets up to his room, puts Crimble on his desk, he peruses through the book, and he's like, maybe I'm losing it. Maybe it was all just a dream. And then he finds my, the princess ne- princess's necklace in his shirt pocket. This is my favorite scene of the movie. It's, like, so funny, because he's talking to a mouse that's talking back to him. And he's like, I don't know. Was that real? It could have been a dream. Maybe I'm going crazy. And the mouse is like, you're not crazy. And he's like, well, mouse... I guess you could be right, or maybe it was a dream. The mouse is talking to you, you moron. Yeah. You have proof it's not a dream right there on your dresser. Like, either that, or you really are going insane, but... (laughs) Either way, you're talking to... Shouldn't have done acid at Mr. Tim's house. Right. But either way, you're talking to a a mouse that's talking back to you. (laughs) And then he, as he's pulling, like, Princess Attain's necklace out of his pocket, he's like, oh shit, maybe this was real. And Krimble's like, ooh, the princess is really like you. Yeah, yeah, and the mouse implies, yeah, he's, uh, he pulls out the necklace. Oh, wait, I have a necklace in my hands. It was a real thing, talking mouse. Mouse is like, <laughs> ooh, kissy, kissy princess likes Max. <laughs> Even though the princess is probably like, what, 14 or 15? And Max is obviously younger. The princess was like in her late 20s. The actress. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. If she is in her early to mid 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Because this kid is very much not. Like, he still has braces. Yes. 
So then Max is, you know, continuing to peruse for the, through the book, and he's like, hey, Crimble, do you want to see something really cool? And then the phone rings downstairs, and Max mo- Max's mom answers, and it's Mr. Tim. And his mom's like, oh, yes, hi, Tim. Yeah, he made it home. Okay. Well, you know I've been on him to make more friends since he's such a loner. And Mr. then she's Tim, like, oh. It, it, Mr. Tim isn't a friend. Mr. Tim is out to get you. And then his mom is like, oh, no, he didn't tell me anything about the cleanup. Well, I'll talk to him about it later. Blah, blah, blah. And then we see, like, sparkles and fog coming from Max's room. He, he lit a real heavy doobie with that book. Yeah. Like, literally, all I can think was magic weed. Sparkle, the sparkle effects are not good whatsoever. No, they are not, but they are very funny to watch. They're hilarious to watch. It kind of looks like someone just put glitter on the film. Like, literally just laid the reel of film out and put glitter on it. <laughs> That's how I interpreted it, at least. It kind of looked like that at points. But yeah, then of course, you know, him and Crimble are kind of giggling like little stoners. And they're like, oh crap, mom's coming. How do yeah. you get rid of the spell? Fucking shit, where is it? It's not on this page. And the mom's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, well, get ready for bed. I'm going to be coming up soon. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then he starts, like, looking through the book. And then he finally finds the thing. And he's like, apparently the spell is like, fog be gone. I'm done with you. Fog be gone on the count of two. Why isn't it going away? And then Krimble's like, uh, you have to count to two. So then he counts to two and the fog magically goes away. Like, good job, hero. You are our protagonist. <laughs> A plus. It was at this point that me and my girlfriend started started to question this: how many spells were in this book, why certain spells were in this book, the effectiveness of the spells in this book. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like why? At, at times, at times, the book looked thin as a pancake, and then he's flipping through like a billion spells. Another time, I think there was a couple different props for this spell book. I don't know. It is a mystery. But anyway, so as the fog is like going away, Max's mom makes it upstairs, and Max hides Crimble in his bed, which is something. He has a book of magic spells. Mm-hmm. He has fog. He has sparkles. Shit, better hide the mouse. Right? Well, to be fair, the fog and sparkles just went away, like, moments before right. the mom came yeah. in. So, he hides the mouse, and Max's mom, like, goes to give him a goodnight kiss as he's laying in bed. And then we hear Crimble going, Oh, yeah, give me some sugar, honey! Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> And why do animals keep flirting with humans in the movies we cover? I don't know. Oh yeah, you guys recently did. Yeah, we did. We did B movie. Um, a talking cat had a brief moment where the cat called one of the humans hot. It was weird. These talking animals are making me facepalm. Yeah, I I can see why. <laughs> but anyway. So, of course, seeing a, a mouse in her son's bed that she didn't expect to see, 
Max's mom panics and yells for her husband, whose name, I guess, is Walter, which is interesting because we never learn the mom's name. We learn that the dad's name is Walter, but we never learn the mom's name. And then the husband gets off his lazy ass mm-hmm. from downstairs and runs upstairs like, what's going on? I hear a commotion. And she's like, there's a mouse in your son's bed. And he's like, it's just a little mouse and he's my friend. Can I keep him? And the dad's like, a mouse, Max? You want to be friends with a mouse? Don't the kids bully you enough? He does actually say that later, though. He doesn't say that. Yeah, he does. But he does say it at the breakfast table later. And the dad, Max is like, oh, can I keep him, please? And they probably keep him in a cage. And the wife's just like, are you serious? Did you just tell your son that he can keep a mouse in the house? And of course, Max is ecstatic. He's like, yay, I have a pet mouse. Because hus- whatever the husband says, that's what's going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. But she actually looks at him and says, we are not done talking about this to, the, to her husband as they leave. And then Max and Crimble sleep in the same bed. Is on the couch that night, that husband. Yup, he sure is. <laughs> Marriage. Oh, God. <laughs> the <laughs> old ball of chain. <laughs> <laughs> so at the breakfast table, Max is practicing magic. Crimble's on the table. The mom's not happy because she does not like Crimble. And Max is like, oh, mom, Crimble says you're a great cook. And she's like, thanks, Crimble. And that's when the dad's like, um, aren't the kids going to pick on you a little more if they think you talk to a mouse? And Max is like, but I do talk to him. Let's not draw suspicion to the fact that I'm an actual magician and I've been to a magical forest and I have a magical mouse. I talk to this mouse, Dad. I talk to him every yep. day. Yup. Twelve-year-old boys don't know anything about subtlety, though. No, they really don't. But then Grimble points out that the dad's fly is open. And Max is like, hey, Dad, Crimble says your fly's open. Oh, and that's when the mom brings up, Mr. Tim said something about uh, doing the cleanup at the park. And Max is like, oh, yeah, can I go now? And she's like, yeah, sure, I guess. So him and Crimble head out. And I'm guessing the cleanup in the park is a cover for what's really happening, because Max and Crimble are walking through the woods, and he's like, oh, I wonder if the uh, door is still there, if I can summon it again. And sure enough, the door is still there, and Max is like, holy shit, the door is still here! Probably several other people have already wandered through this door and gotten brutally murdered by elves or trolls or ogres, but we don't see that part. No, not at all. And it's not mentioned either or commented upon. Not mentioned but. at all, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. I would just like to imagine that that's what happened. Yes. That's when Mr. Tim shows up. Oh, yeah, he gives him a pet talk. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Tim sees it, and he's like, somehow I knew you were... And Max is like, I don't know, I'm not very good at this stuff yet. And he puts his hands on Max's shoulders, and he's like, you will be. You will be. It's pure pep talk and no advice whatsoever. Like, no training. Like, gosh, it makes me want to tear my hair out. (laughs) I know. Like, he's less of a mentor and more of a uh, cheap knockoff motivational speaker. Yeah, kind of. But then Mr. Tim's like, oh, I better get going. Saturday is Mrs. Tim's shopping day and she'll tan my hide if I don't get her to the mall at 10. (laughs) 
Wives, am I right? Gotta love it. I love it. So that's when Max and Krim will go through the door again. After Mr. Tim goes to take his wife shopping. Right. They go through the door. And they're like, wow, we're back. Oh shit, but before before they go through the door, Krimble's like, oh man, I heard he was a he was a hell of a wizard back in the day. Of course he doesn't use those words. Yeah, yeah, he was a great wizard back in the day. But mm-hmm. there's no indication that he was or is. Other than just Krimble telling us that. Yeah. Like, that's literally the only mention that we ever get of Mr. Tim being a wizard. Yeah, like, all the, all the, like, the wise sages and, like, fantasy stories always have, like, a moment of, like, awesomeness. Is like, oh my gosh, you're so good at magic or whatever, or the force. And, like, I want to be you. I want to learn from you. And... With Mr. Tim, he just gives motivational speeches, and that's it. Ever see how cool this guy is? Of course, with a name like Mr. Tim, why would I even have expected him to be cool in the first place? Yeah. Mr. freaking Tim. Yeah, that's... Yep. (laughs) But anyway. So that's when they go through the door, and then we get another bad transition. And then we meet Fayoon! Fayoon! I don't know... Like, I first saw Fayoon, I didn't know if I should laugh or be angry or... What? <laughs> I want to explain what's going on with Fayoon. So Fayoon, um, he looks a lot like if Shaquille O'Neal... And the emperor from Mulan had a baby. Yes. And when we meet him, Krimble's like, it's Fayoon! And Fayoon, in all caps, in his voice, basically, Raised by druid priestesses, I have tasted the summit of knowledge and drank from the well of the moon. I am both master hand and prophet, and you, Maxwell Majek, are about to embark on a journey. So, okay, so he's a black guy, he's wearing Asian monk robes, and he has on horrible Asian feng shui beard. And he has a head tattoo that kind of reminds me of the Air Nomads. Yeah, yeah, and there's... Oh my gosh, yeah, there's other makeup in this movie that reminded me of Avatar and Braveheart at the same time. Weird. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on with Fayoon's whole look. We get the training montage, finally. We knew it was going to happen eventually. We just didn't know it was going to be from a black Asian man. Yes, we uh, we get the training montage that probably should have come from Mr. Tim, but thankfully, since my since Fayoon is a very powerful wizard, at least we're getting it from someone who knows what the fuck he's doing. Yes, and and the montage includes him levitating a magic wand, mm-hmm. spinning a magic wand, spinning the magic wand. I think they do like another fog spell. 
I think so. I don't remember what all happened in the training montage because it was very lackluster. It was very lackluster. The mouse, every time they did something, the mouse or the falcon would be like, yeah, you did it, Max. Great job. Fuck yeah. But we didn't hear them saying that because we had um, cheap knockoff Enya music in the background, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a loud music. Mm -hmm. It literally just sounded like a song that was written for Enya, and Enya rejected it. So it went into the public domain. That's it. That's a lot of the music. A lot of this music is probably bought from public domain stock. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. But while all of this is going on, oh shit, Worm was watching from the shadows. Not worm. Oh no. Oh shit. The most dangerous person in this whole movie. <laughs> but Worm goes back to his king's lair, where Fetch is informing the king that the boy had escaped while the king's men were distracted, basically. And that's when Worm approaches the king, and the king's like, Where have you been, Worm? And. Apparently, Worm wasn't even involved in the attack at all, but he does inform the king that the boy was with Fayoon. And the king's like, Fayoon is long dead! You are lying, Worm! And Worm's like, no, I'm, I'm not. Fayoon is there training the boy, I promise. I think, this, uh, I think this bad guy is very hypocritical. Like, he can go and do king things, but Worm can't go do Worm things? Nope! Come on. And Worm's like, uh, should I keep an eye on the boy? And the king's like, uh, there are more important things to worry about right now, like locating the magic stones and controlling the sacred ring. Which, that is, this is the first time that any of these things are brought up, by the this way. So we have no idea. This is the first reference to our MacGuffins. Mm -hmm. So we have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. And Fetch is like, um, maybe once the bluebells submit, the sacred ring will serve you, and then you can take over and do whatever you want. And the king's like, I will not be foiled by a ring. I deserve its power now. And then he storms off. And Fetch is like eye-rolling the entire time. He's like, God, I hate my boss. Now we see Max waking up from a nap in the middle of the woods for some reason. We don't guess know why. Training, guess the training montage tuckered him out. He wakes up and he's like, guys, where is everyone? Yeah, Crimble, Shira, and Fayoon are nowhere to be found, so Max starts searching all over the forest. And he's walking around, and he hears a commotion. And he starts walking, and he walks right into a live-action LARP session. Yes, it is very much a LARP battle. A LARP battle is taking place between elves and trolls. Mm-hmm. And then we see a shit ton of, like, the trolls kind of ambushing the warriors. But then Shira flies in, and she's like, Max, remember your training! And Max is like, there's so many of them! We don't know what them is. is we it don't spells? know what them is. Is it enemies? Who knows? We have no clue. And the elves are getting their absolute asses handed to them. Yes. They're not, they're not armed. Despite their weapons being showed in cuts... Just, like, against a tree. None of them are making a break for their sticks. Yeah. By the so, way, we're also in a forest. Just pick up a stick. These are the I worst know. LARPers ever. You gotta throw the beanbag and yell, lightning bolt. <laughs> That's how you win. Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! 
I want to look up a footage of a LARP session now because those are the funniest. God, I know. But while the battle is raging on, Shira reminds Max to believe in himself. And that's when Max stumbles across the levitation spell in his book. So he makes a bunch of part of the cards. Yes. (laughs) From Schmoogie Schmo. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need four kids suing us. So he takes a bunch he makes a bunch of the staffs levitate into the hands of the of the bluebell warrior elf people so they can defend themselves defend themselves. And it basically the levitation spells are basically just the staffs being thrown from somebody off screen into these people's hands. But it's working. It's working temporarily. Yes. Um, the elves start doing kung fu moves. Mm-hmm. But they're still um, outnumbered. But they're still outnumbered, and they're still getting their asses kicked, despite some pretty cool kung fu moves, dude. Mm-hmm. Totally <laughs> radical. And that's when Sheer is like, how can they fight what they cannot see? And Max is like, why the fuck are you speaking in riddles, you piece of shit bird? He doesn't actually say that, but it's kind of a trope in fantasies that, like, people... Just, like, speaking in riddles. Yeah, they just like to, but that kind of annoys me, honestly. But... I know. (laughs) But that's when Max is like, oh yeah! The fog spell from earlier! Sparkle fog! So he casts the sparkle fog on the ogres so they can't see shit. And then the Bluebell Warriors use that, that to their advantage. Yeah, so at first the Sparkle Fog is special effect, and then it cuts away, you cut back, and there's a little bit of special effect and sparkle, but it's really obvious that they lit a green uh, smoke bomb from a fireworks yes. stand, and that, was, and that was like the leftover fog from like the spell. Yes. Now no one can see. Not even the elves, but, you know, so... But it still helps the elves get their shit together. Yes, yes. And that's when Max is knocked the fuck out. He takes a hammer to the head, which killed an elf early in the movie, but he's fine. Yeah, this 12-year-old boy survived a blow that a grown elf of man could not. Maybe the skulls are hollow? I don't know. It's a mystery. Hollow bone? Who knows? Elves are birds. Anyway. (laughs) Max is awoken by the princess. I want to talk about this theory even more. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But anyway, so Max is awoken by the princess. He has a bandage around his head. And she's like, yay, we won, and it's all thanks to you. And she gives him something to drink. And that's when Max is like, why is everyone fighting to begin with? I'm actually thinking of a good theory as to why elves have hollow bones. (laughs) It's okay. You know how elves, for the most part, and fantasy movies and books are, like, lightweight and, like, are really, like, life and you know, move fluidly. Yes. Maybe it's hollow bones. It makes sense. I really think I'm onto something. <laughs> Conspiracy theories with John out. and Professor J. <laughs> 
Anyway, so the princess is like, the fighting is recent, but it's already affected all the people of the forest. And they, the forest can't survive without us, and we can't survive without it. And apparently for a while, the elves and the trolls have gotten along. And this is when we find out that the king's name is Lord Dagda. And that's basically when everything started changing, when he inherited the throne and fucked all the shit up. Wait. Inherited the throne of the trolls. Mm-hmm. Then, and... there's a, then there's a ripple flashback. Yes, this is when the flashback begins. Apparently, Lord Dagda had a thing for the Queen of the Bluebells, who is uh, Princess Etain's mother, Belphoebe. 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 looks a lot like Max's mom. Yes. Yes, she does. Like, very similar. Like, probably the same actress. Probably, but, so I paid attention during the credits, so let me go to im.com. It'll be worth it, trust me. Characters, character. Okay, so, Max's mom, Lisa Burdetti, right? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Queen Belphoebe is credited to an actress named Jack Baker. What? In the credits of the movie, Queen Belphoebe is Jack Baker. And this was in the credits of the movie at the time, or this is just IMDb? That I, I made sure, because uh, I saw it in the credits, and I was like, no way. And I looked it up in IMDb, and that's what, what it's listed as. I mean, speaking as a trans person, like, names aren't always reflective of gender, but I am very confused by that. Oh, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. At least we know it's not the same actor, though. (laughs) Unless Jack Baker is, like, a pseudoname? Like, they just threw that in? I don't know. But they're the same person. They're the same person. Conspiracy theories with John and Professor J. (laughs) (laughs) They look exactly alike. They do. It's very creepy. And it, like... Body type, same face. Same hairstyle. The only difference is that, like, Belle Phoebe has, like, more of a reddish tint to her hair. Yeah. Like, they legitimately look like the same actress, but one just has a different hair color. So that kind of casts this light of potential incest... Over Etain and Max. Oh boy. Why do all these movies lately have, like, fucking animals flirting with people in incest? Do I want to ask about the incest? No, I don't. Okay. You know how B-movie, they all, they're all cousins? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the B. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, B-movie. But anyway, back to um, the Ripple flashback where we find out that Max's mom is Queen, who has red hair. Etain's mom is Queen. Yes, Etain, okay, yeah. And Lord Dagda had a bit of a thing for Queen Belphoebe in the past. And he's like, why did you choose a mere knight 
with your power over the forest and mine over the earth, we would have been a formidable pair or something like that. Like, well, he has inner beauty. Yeah, she literally says, perhaps I was seeking treasures of the heart. And when we when we meet him later, he is actually kind of a fox. Yeah, he's a, he's not a bad looking guy. Mm-hmm. He's much better looking than Lord Dagda. Could have looked at him and said, I married him for his looks, not you. And that would have yeah. been funny. But of course, the script isn't that clever. Yeah. So that's when uh, Dagda's like, um, I need a favor. Can I have the magic stones back? And that's when Belphoebe is like, those were a gift to the Bluebells from your grandfather. And we kind of need them. And he's like, but they're mine by birthright. And Belphoebe's like, well, the stones and the rings that they are in protect the forest and heal the sick. Your people benefit from it just as much as ours do. Remember that. And he's like, uh, I don't like this answer. So he fucking knocks her out and steals her ring. Yeah, he robs her Brooklyn style, baby. Yep. And then Etain goes on to explain that her father had no idea what happened, so he visited Dagda's lair with some of his warriors and found Belphoebe passed out. And then he's like, um, dude, what the fuck? You kidnapped my wife. And Dagda's like, yeah, but all my troll women are ugly. Can you blame me? And he's like, I didn't touch her. Actually, he doesn't say that, so we don't know. Yeah, we we don't know. But he literally is like, in fancier words, he's like, look at how ugly the troll women are. Can you blame me for a moment of weakness? And the king, whose name we find out is Herla, he's like, yes, I can blame you. Honorable men don't do this shit. They fuck and, their troll wives with passion. Yes. And they do it every single night. Except when they're on their troll periods. Yes, yes, of course. I wonder what that would look like and taste like. Let's take a let's pause for a moment just to oh, imagine no. that. Let's pause and imagine that for a second. I guess it depends on what color the troll blood is. If it's green, then <laughs> Be that green. could be interesting. Could look like some uh, blue waffle shit. I I would like to imagine that it looks like that it looks like uh, boba tea is coming out of someone. Oh God! <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh no! All right, we need to stay stay on topic. Back to 80. the back to the prison, no, uh, cave. Yes, they're in a cave, mm-hmm. and the king decides I need to strike a deal to get my wife back. And he's like, uh, "What he says is, we'll leave quietly if you return my wife and never set foot on Bluebell soil again." Basically, yeah. In in the most PG way possible, he says, "If." We leave here with my wife. I won't fucking kill you. Yeah, and Pretty you much. will never set foot on my land again. Basically. And and he says, uh, fine. Uh, uh. And that's when Dagda orders Worm to cut the queen free from her bondage, and he basically like cuts the ropes from her wrists, and she magically wakes up. 
And then she looks at him with like the most like blank look on her face and we hear romantic music swelling and she just goes, my love. <laughs> yeah. I also like to point out that she was, was it barely even tied with the magical lanyard that woke her up as soon as it was cut. It literally sure just it looked like lanyard. twine. Yeah. Like the kind of twine that you see like wrapped around wine bottles at a uh, at a very burlap centric wedding. <laughs> yeah, those are those are lovely themed weddings. They are. It's 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 a very it, it's like the kind of twine that you see at a rustic country wedding. Ever been on Pinterest? Yes. <laughs> exactly. But the director of this film has not been on Pinterest. All these props sucked. <laughs> I mean, Pinterest didn't exist in 2002, I think. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> but anyway. So, it seems like they're going to live happily ever after. And that and Etain is like, what we didn't know is that Dagda had stolen my mother's ring. But wait, when there's more. Mm-hmm. And when they realized that he'd taken the ring, the Bluebells demanded it back, but Dagda refused and instead demanded that he be given the others. We find out that there are several rings, and Etaines gives her wisdom beyond her years, and Max just looks at her and smiles and goes, I can see that. Right, honestly. Yeah. That was something. So it gives, it gives this 22-year-old the wisdom of year old Something? I, I mean, remember... Remember, Schmanikin, like Schmanikin, Lie Walker, and was like nine when he was hitting on fourteen-year-old Schmanme Schmamadala. Bring up a oh my gosh that movie, but you bring up a good let's. You think um, Hake Boyd is better or worse than Max Magician as an act actor? I don't even know. How long has it been since you've seen episode one? It's been a hot minute. It's dog shit in that movie. I honestly think Max is doing better. I mean, to be fair, that kid was also like seven. Yeah, that's true too. Max is like a preteen. Yeah, he's got a few years in the mature. Yeah. Like, that was probably that poor kid's first movie ever. Max's? Oh, definitely. Oh, I was talking about Young Schmanikin. Oh, yeah, that was also... Yeah, that was definitely his first. Yeah. But it was also definitely Max's. <laughs> I think this whole movie is full of people who it was their first and only movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then we find out that her brother's ring allows him to shapeshift, and her father's gives him strength. Basically. And uh, do these come into play later, though? No, they don't. Oh, they don't. Not at all. We just find out that the different rings have different powers, basically. Yeah, but nothing cool happens with, like... Like, he doesn't put on a ring and then, like, the strength ring and then punch somebody. Does that happen? That would be cool. That would be cool, but sadly it does not happen. Doesn't happen. It was set up, but it... Yeah, we literally doesn't... don't... We literally never see anything to do with... King Hurla's ring, and honestly, I don't even think we ever see Etain's brother in human form. Uh, or, at the end, we do. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I guess I forgot about that because at that point I was very tired and I was like, what's the Rocco special? So Max asks where Etain's mom is and Etain's like, she's in an eternal sleep. And Max is like, oh no, I'm so... She's like, no, no, she's not dead. I promise she's not dead. But we find out that a couple of days after the Queen returns, they're basically having a welcome back party and... Fetch was sent to the Bluebell Kingdom with a message of apology from Lord Dagda and so a box that supposedly had her ring in it. He's like, don't worry, guys, I brought the chips. But and the chips he, were drugged, basically. The, the chips were drugged. He opens, she opens the box. Yeah, she opens the box and she goes in the most deadpan voice, My ring! But the box was, that. yeah. <laughs> but the box was filled with a sleeping spell. Oh shit! Oh shit! Now everyone's on an acid trip, yeah. and basically anyone in that area of the kingdom, except for Fetch, turns into an animal. Yes, except Which for Belphoebe because she's asleep. Except for Belphoebe because she's asleep. We never see her asleep, and yeah. <laughs> but when the sleeping I'm, spell didn't affect the whole village, Dagda killed his only sorcerer. We what? don't see that. That's what uh, that's what Atain said. I don't remember that part. I literally only know because I was watching the movie with the captions. On. Oh, okay. I, I was too, but I was oh, okay. Yeah, I've got like a two monitor setup when I when I watch these movies, and I've got the movie on one monitor and I'm it's on the other. Oh, nice, nice. Boy, yeah. that's professional. I got a notebook. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when you fancy monitors. I literally just got this uh, monitor for free at work because they were outdated ones, and they were like, who wants a free computer monitor? And I was like, okay, I'll hook this up to my laptop and use it for podcasting. Anyway, so that's when she's like, everyone who was in the room turned into animals, and I guess this is also how Crimble was turned into a mouse. Yes, he must have been in the room at the time. Mm -hmm. And Max is like, there must be a way to break the curse, but oh shit, he lost his book. Oh right, where's his book? No one knows. Except, this is literally verbatim what I put in my notes next. Okay, I'd love to hear. Oh god damn it, that annoying asshole Tom Tittot has at least Dagda doesn't have it, though. At least Dagda doesn't have it, though. But that annoying asshole Tom Tittot does. Yeah, and he uh, accidentally casts a spell that turns it into a Beyblade. And he yes. is spinning around, and he can't stop, and uh, Max and the lady... What is her name? Itane. Itane. Having a good laugh watching this guy... Go around Let and it around rip. and around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> While this is going on, though, Fetch is breaking the news of the army's defeat to Dagda. And Fetch is like, hey, remember when you said that the boy was of little consequence? Guess what? This dude knows magic. Mm-hmm. And Fetch is, like, really fed up with his bullshit. He's like, my lord, you're a piece of fucking shit. We have to do something. Our army sucks. They're not trained whatsoever. They're just, they're just like you know, what pieces he, of he, meat with a hammer. 
Yeah, he literally just calls them unskilled brutes, and that pisses Dagda off, even though it's true. Even though it's completely true, and, you know, sometimes that makes for a good army. But not when you're fighting people who fight with their brains. And no oh, kung Yeah, food. yeah. I guess you need a variety. You need the brutes, and then you also need some, like, smarties. Mm-hmm. They're cannon fodder, basically. Yeah. And then Dagda tells Fetch to do something, which is solid advice. <laughs> and that's when Fetch is like, what of the boy? And Dagda's like, oh, I'll send the red cap on him. And Fetch is like, isn't that excessive? He's like 12. And In fact, plus, he just was just like, do something about the boy. This mm-hmm. is unacceptable. All right, let's kill the boy. Oh, hold yeah. on now. Mm-hmm. Wait just a moment. And Fetch is like, um, he also might prove useful to us since he knows magic and shit. But Dagda's like, excessive is my middle name. He actually says that, by the way. <laughs> and basically, the boy has embarrassed him enough. And then Dagda summons Worm to draw a, pi- a, lo- a picture of the boy's likeness for the red cap. And Worm's like, um, why are we sending the red cap on him? He looks like such a nice boy. And that pisses Dagda off and he storms off. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see Tom Tit-Tot being a, a Beyblade. Yeah, he's being a Beyblade. He's spinning around and around and around. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Max makes him stop spinning with magic, and then Tom Tit-Tot basically swears a life debt to him. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Bar-Bar Hinks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> He's a wonderful character, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's a beautifully written character, very well-rounded. And- Ow. But. So, okay, so, and now in this scene, um, I don't know how they started talking about it, but then uh, Princess Blueball starts talking about her plan for the war. How did this mm-hmm. come about? I don't even know, but before all this happened, we see the red cap leaving Dagda's lair with a drawing of Max. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Set up. Mm-hmm. But Max is, like, looking through his um, book of spells. Oh, that's how it came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, you guys need better weapons than just sticks. And Itain is offended. And she's like, we fight in defense, not to destroy. And plus, have you seen what a stick can do? And in my notes, I put in parentheses, kinky. my notes, I I'm play, a terrible person. In my notes, I put, in a war in which you are not offensive whatsoever, you cannot possibly win that war. You would just be deadlocked forever, which is what happened with the French in World War II. They hid behind their lines, didn't do any offensive attacks against the Germans whatsoever, and look what happened. Look what happened. Look at history, you fucking elves. I was going to say the Air Nomads. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And they all died. They all died. You have to have a plan for war, and they don't. This is why they need a 12-year-old helping them out. Right? Because he's like, yeah, we're going to need some guns. And I'm like, yeah, get some guns. Go back to Earth. Get some Glocks. <laughs> it out to the elves. That's a terrible idea, by the way. Could you imagine elves with glocks? 
I'd actually pay some pretty good money to watch that movie. Gotta be careful with the recoil, though, because it might, you know, hurt their bird bones. (laughs) 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 The recoil might snap their fingers in two. God damn it. (laughs) We're officially off the rails. (laughs) This podcast went off the rails a long time ago, my dude. Oh, okay, and in this scene in particular really pissed me off, where they're talking to um, Tom Tit Tot Tit Tit. <laughs> the only part of the name I remember is Tit, and <laughs> yeah, um, I um, th- okay, so they're okay, they're showing, so they're doing a training. Okay, let's see what sticks can do, and then they go to a part of the woods, and. And he cast like a spell on his stick to stop. Don't I know what you're all thinking? Shut up. <laughs> he cast a spell on his stick, and he's kind of whacking it. Uh, Tom, <laughs> he's. <laughs> he's hitting Tom Tit Tot. With his magical stick. He's hitting them titties with his stick? Yeah, he is. And, uh... It's in shot, reverse shot. And the shot of Max and the princess is still completely oversaturated, like the rest of the movie. But the footage of Tom Tit Tot is actually really good. Notice that? I know. It's so sad. It actually looked great. It it's looked like, why great. Could, why couldn't you have used that on better characters? Yeah, and it's, the only good shot in the movie is le- is like a quarter of a second of that fucking boob, and that's <laughs> <laughs> all we get. And some and some sometimes um, the shot of the mouse is good, and I think some of the falcon shots uh, were similar. Were actually balanced. But, yeah, that's the only good shot in the movie. Of somebody that's played by a human. Yeah. That's very sad. Yeah. Now, it almost made his makeup look good. Almost. 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 Not quite, though. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so we get a training montage of Itain teaching Max how to use the sticks. He's not very good at it, until Crimble reminds Max that Mr. Tim said to believe in himself. Right, yeah. And then he fucks all the shit up. <laughs> and then and then he, he... uh Yeah, then he uh, hits Tom to tot even harder, and he, like, he goes down. He's like, yeah, I did it. But he's okay, he's fine. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> If he just fucking killed Tom Titsaw, that would have made the movie so yeah. much better. Yay, we did it. We can move on. But anyway, so then we see more footage of the Red Cap running through the woods while he's looking at the drawing of Max to remind himself what he looks like. And then Crimble's like, um, I smell trouble. And surprise, the princess it's isn't The princess isn't around at this point. Yeah. Like, she, a- she goes off. Yeah, this is later in the day. This is later. So she goes by, gotta go. Yeah. Max is and alone with Crimble. 
Yes, and his stick. And his magic stick. And Crimble's like, oh shit, I smell trouble. And it's Worm. And Max beats the shit out of Worm with his staff. And Worm's like, no, stop, I'm here to help. A good and guy Crimble's Worm, like, turning a new page. Right? And Crimble's like, no, he's a bad guy. And Worm's like, well, I'm not all bad. And then he's like, so, um, a mercenary's after you. You should probably be careful. And then the red cap shows up. Like, moments right later. Then. Yep. Like, at least Worm tried. Worm yells duck. Or did the mouse yes. yell duck? I think it was Worm. It was Worm? Okay, it was Worm. Yeah, worm he yelled duck just in time, and then Max beat the shit out of the, the red cap with his stick. Nice. Nice. And he's dead. Oh, no, he's not dead. He's on he's the He's not ground. dead, but he incapacitated him. Yeah, so I guess Max learned a lesson about being a, uh, what's the phrase for the, uh, for uh, people that don't kill in war? Uh, pacifists? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he learned a thing about fighting with a non-fatal weapon, I guess. And that's when Max returns to the Bluebell domain, and he brings Worm. And Tom Tit-Tot fucking sees Worm, and tackles him! Yeah. Just fucking tackles him! It's like, hey yeah. Yeah. And everyone's and beating Max the is like, crap no, out stop. of Worm. Yeah, and Max is like, stop it, he's on our side, stop it! And that's when Etain shows up. Yeah, the princess comes over, and she immediately is just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why is he here? Get him out of here. Kill, like, you know, like, like this is the most aggressive I've seen any of the elves. Like, she is just, like, hangry. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's justified. Yeah, it's pretty justified. Meanwhile, there's about 95,000 extras, like, running in the background. It's pandemonium back there. Mm. Like, it's more it's intense in the background than it was in the initial tapping scene. Absolutely. I can just imagine the director yelling, Run! Go! Everybody run! <laughs> Keep going, we're still filming. Yeah. So there's a billion people, they're just running back and forth in the background, and we're like, what's going on? There's about to be an attack. We need to muster our defenses or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But before all this is going on, or rather, while it's going on, Etain casts Worm out, and Worm just kind of looks at Max sadly, and, sh and he's like, you said they would understand. And he goes away. And he's like, bye-bye. <laughs> It's one of the saddest parts of the movie, in my opinion. It actually got an emotional response out of me. I know. Like, poor Worm. He was trying. He tried his best. I know. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. <laughs> Please don't sue me, Chris Martin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So Max looks at Etain and says, Now why would you go and do a thing like that? And Etain's like, um, Dagda has united all the troll kingdoms to come and attack the Bluebells, and we don't even have time to summon our allies. And, and Max, by the way, this is the first time we found out there are multiple troll kingdoms. No, I mean, Etain kind of mentions it during oh, her yeah. exposition. Oh, uh, okay. 
But, like, we don't know anything else about, like, the other Also, like, other kingdoms, too, but they're, like, not of consequence. Right. You know, it would have been nice seeing Dagda, like, going around, like, and strong-arming these other kingdoms and fighting with him. Like, that would have been, like, some cool bad guy stuff. Mm. But no, he's a freaking, he's a freaking boob. Yeah. Don't see that. He is a freaking boob, though. He's the most boobery villain I've ever seen in my life. I know. So, Max is like, I can help. And Itain's like, we're eternally grateful for all your help so far, but you just led the enemy into our domain. You've proven yourself a fool. Now get the fuck out, Max. Yeah, and that's when Max is like, he gets really offended by her calling her. Yeah, he is pissed. I'm kind of mad, too. Not for Max, but I'm mad that the Princess of Wisdom is sending away, like, their best chance at winning this thing. And I think she realizes that, like, right away, because she, like, immediately she's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean it. (laughs) And then he's like, no, fuck you, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, good luck. Good luck dying, you stupid elves. Yeah. You just insulted your best chance of winning this war. Fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> and he storms off. And that's when Max is going through the woods and he encounters Shira. And she's like, um... You know when middle school girls are, like, fighting and they send their mutual friend to be like, yeah, she says she's sorry, she didn't mean it. That's what Shira's doing. Yeah, that's pretty much Shira in a nutshell. And I do remember those uh, those days. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Atain feels awful about what she said. And remember, if you believe in yourself, anything is possible. Even breathing, even breathing life into a dormant army. And that's when Max remembers the sleeping warriors, who have literally never been mentioned up until this point, by the way. Ever. Ever. And never. Then- at first, like, I was very confused about how this new spell just magically appears. But then I became really happy because of necromancy, baby. Yes! <laughs> just what this movie needed was some necromancy. <laughs> so, then he starts searching through his book for the page about the sleeping warriors and how to awaken them. And meanwhile, Fetch is approaching Dagda to inform him that Max somehow defeated the Red Cap and that he plans to use his powers to assist the Bluebells in battle. Dagda's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my day! Which I thought day. was funny. Ah. Ah. Uh, and he's like, I guess, I guess if so you want something good. done right, you'll have to do it yourself. <laughs> and then Fetch is like, um... We're going to battle in the hour, my dude. You can't just go off and, like, abandon your army that you're leading when you're about to go into battle, and Dagda's like, start without me! And that's where we'll leave it, because I don't want to spoil the rest. Oh, okay. Oh, you, even, what were you going to say? Not even, not even that the uh, sleeping warriors are obviously Renfair plate armor... Oh, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the sleeping warriors. Max awakens these sleeping warriors from the ground. <laughs> and it's literally, they look like Renfair jousters. Yep. But that's where we'll leave it. That's where we'll leave it. <sighs> the 
fantastic movie to watch with other people. Definitely not by yourself, though. Yeah, I watched this by myself, and the entire time I, I had something to, like, comment with the whole time. But the first time I watched this movie, I was, like, 16 and had a sleepover, and it was amazing. That must have been incredible. I It would be a tough movie to get through alone, but you, you could. You could do it. Mm-hmm. I, um, I did do it. And the... The entire time, I was just like, I wish I had someone to riff on this with. But you know what comes next, John. You've done uh, this what, You've done this podcast enough to know what comes next. What comes next? What makes this movie special? What makes this movie special? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll... I, do you want me to... I'll take it. Yes. So, you know, I, um... I like fantasy books. My favorite author is Brandon Sanderson. Uh, who's written such things like Mistborn, the Wheel of Time series. Of course, Harry Potter's great, and of course, fantasy movies are great. You know, and for the um, for that tiny slice of people that like bad movies and making fun of bad movies, and also like fantasy films, there's, there's, there's some stuff for you, because... It's just wonderful that um, people love fantasy so much. They're willing to to put together a cast and crew with no budget and film out in the woods for like a month and put together a movie. And it's embarrassing most of the time, but sometimes you a movie. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it passes for an actual film. Sometimes it passes for an actual film. Um, it's rare, but like- it happens. What I'd like to, like, compare, like, a good B-movie fantasy film would be, like, Dragonheart and Dragonheart 3. A terrible one that's unwatchable, even as a bad movie, is Dragonheart 2. It's, it's the worst thing ever made. Even worse than Aragon. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> trust me. That's a lot coming from you. <laughs> trust me. I've only... I've only seen that one once. I don't. I can't recommend it to anyone. Can I, can I describe one scene in the movie? Go for it. The dragon. They're like out in the field training the dragon, if I remember correctly. And the dragon looks like it's about to burp. Then um, the oldest brother from Malcolm in the Middle is like, "Oh gosh, I gotta go to the other side of the dragon so he doesn't burp and like." incinerate me mm-hmm. it goes on the other side and the dragon farts fire oh god him. yeah that is an actual scene in that movie why but for people that like fantasy and bad movies i would i would give this a wholehearted recommendation kevin summerfield had a dream kevin summerfield loved fantasy wanted to make a fantasy movie the ren fair was in town i think and, well, uh, actually, John. What's this? Do you want to go ahead and do the big reveal? Okay, we'll do the big reveal. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? At the very and non-binary end of, folks and non-binary guys, everyone. <laughs> At the very end of the credits, it says special thanks and acknowledgments to some people. And the staff of the Maryland Renaissance Festival, Crownsville, Maryland. 
Oh shit! Oh shit! They actually did get the Ren Fair together for a movie. Which makes That's a lot of sense when you watch it. So much sense. If you're wondering what a bunch of Ren Fair folk making making a movie looks like, you found it. Yup. Even gets Just... a LARP session. <laughs> Yes, there was the LARP session, the whole, like, Bluebell Kingdom was basically Renfair grounds. Yeah, the w those wooden buildings are just so Renfairy. oh my god. Like, it literally does look like it was just fucking the Renfair. <laughs> they didn't even hide it a little bit. It was not subtle at all! And... What else makes this movie special? Uh, the terrible, vi uh, the terrible video quality and audio quality. Yes, definitely. <sighs> this whole movie is just—it's something else. It is genuinely entertaining to watch. But like you said, it's definitely something that I would recommend watching with another person or a big group of people. Honestly, I would love to do this for the next bad movie club. I I would like to do it too. I would love to see what the me what the members of the Bad Movie Club would have to say about this movie. <laughs> it is such dog shit. It really is. It's dog shit you can make fun of. Yes. Or three-fourths of the fun of this movie is just making fun of it. It's wonderful. And I'm glad you directed my attention to this movie. I'm glad I did, too. I knew you would love it work of art well thanks for listening everyone as usual uh leave a like and subscribe uh if you'd like an extra layer of notifications hit that bell and you'll Ding. receive an email uh regarding new episodes also find us on twitter and myspace <laughs> and uh livejournal.com john it's 2019 <laughs> But this was 2002. True, the movie was 2002. <laughs> I want people in 2002 to find podcasts. <sighs> but anyway, as always, you can find us on Facebook at Fail Films 101, Twitter at Fail Films 101. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, a multitude of podcasting platforms. I'm still in the process of uploading all of the previous episodes up to the YouTube channel as well. Wait, there From is a YouTube channel? Yes, I've got a total of the first two episodes up on it. <laughs> oh, no joke. Great. Yes. Uh, what's that YouTube channel name? Fail Films 101. Oh, okay. That, uh, I, that makes sense. Good, good job, buddy. <laughs> yes, I'm still in the process of uh, uploading all of those to the YouTube channel, but, you know, things have been a little busy. <laughs> I promise I'm still doing it. And throughout this process, I have noticed that in the first few episodes, there are just brief periods of silence where um, when I was initially recording on Anchor, the audio just stopped recording. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so I apologize for that, everyone. Thankfully, I have, I have learned now to not record using Anchor, host it using Anchor, 
no offense, Anchor. I love you guys. I appreciate that you host this podcast for free. But maybe please get your recording software in browser together. That'd be great. Motherfuckers. <laughs> but you can also find us at failfilms101.com. That also has a list of all of the different platforms that we're hosted on. I also normally have a page where all of the, like, episodes are embedded into a page, but that's under construction right now. I apologize for that. I'm working on fixing it. And yeah, you can find supplemental materials, clips, and I'm starting to upload the notes as well on our Google Classroom. That's classroom.google.com, and you'll enter the classroom code ZWI513S. I'm 98% sure that's right. Let me double check. Yep, ZWI513S. And I am also going to failfilms101.com to check the syllabus because that is also posted there. And let's see what episode we're doing next because we are now in our blatant ripoffs unit. The next on the list is, oh, Jesus Christ, it's Repo Men, which is a ripoff of one of my favorite movies of all time, Repo the Genetic Opera. Which Repo Men was much higher budget than Repo the Genetic Opera, but it's still very, very bad. I, I'm not really familiar with either of those films. If you mm. want to see Paris Hilton's face fall off, I recommend watching Repo the Genetic Opera. If you like Sarah Brightman and rock operas and Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer being the father of Carmen from Spy Kids, I recommend Repo the Genetic Opera. I don't recommend Repo Men at all, and honestly, I apologize in advance, but it's probably going to be very similar to the grown-up episode in which I just get pissed off the whole time. Uh, Repo Man, 1984? Repo Men 2010, I think? Oh, Repo Men. Yes. Oh, here we go. Because Repo the Genetic Opera is a rock opera where the long and short of it is it's the aftermath of a worldwide epidemic where people have been dying of organ failure. So a company starts financing organ transplants, basically. And before long, surgery kind of becomes a fashion statement. But if you fall behind on your payments for your organs, they can get they repossessed. Come... Oh, they don't kill you? Yeah, they will kill you and repossess your organs. Oh, there we go. Hey, that sounds pretty neato. Yeah, it's actually from the same company that did Saw. Oh, really? Yes, but it's, it's low budget. I will admit it's very low budget, but it is... The music is great. The acting is good. I highly recommend Repo the Genetic Opera if you're a musical nerd and if you like gory shit and if you want to hear Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer sing. And honestly, Paris Hilton actually does a really good job in this movie, too. Like, this movie is kind of what made me start to regret making fun of Paris Hilton for so long. I don't think she's a horrible person. Is she? Eh, she kind of was at first, but... She's actually got a lot more depth than people realize. Yeah, of course. Dude Law, Forrest Whitaker. Yep, that's Repo Men. Those are some big names. Yep. 
but Repo the Genetic Opera came out in like 2008, and the stage play was around since like the 90s. The movie was based on the original stage play. Okay. It was written by the same people. It was just super low budget because Lionsgate forgot to market the shit out of it. Also a repo men 2005, apparently. Shit, when did... Wait a minute. Repo men 2005? There's another repo men? Uh, yeah. Repo men 2005. Well, the 2010 one is the one that we'll be talking about. Because that movie pisses me off. <laughs> I remember being 18 years old and seeing the trailers for Repo Men coming out, and I'm like, oh, this looks familiar. They're ripping off my favorite movie. Thanks. Yep. But anyway, I it's like 10.30. We've been recording for a hot minute. Yeah. It was nice recording with you, though. It's nice recording with you as well, buddy. I think I think you've signed up for other other episodes, haven't you? No, this was the one I was for sure penciled in for. Do you if you want to do more, feel free to look over the syllabus cuz I love recording with you. <laughs> okay, great. Oh uh, yeah. We need to <laughs> tighten up the episodes though. Yeah, maybe just a bit. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yep, it's we'll fine. figure that out. Yep. All right. All right talk to you later. Yes, I'll see you later. That was John. I'm Professor J. Class dismissed.